Welcome to the Adoption and Foster Care Journey, a podcast to encourage, educate, and equip you to care for children and youth through adoption, foster, and kinship care. Hosted by an adoptive mom with over 22 years of kinship and adoptive parenting experience, she's on this journey with you. Please welcome Sandra Flack. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast, is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. That is 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 through 7. Welcome to the Adoption and Foster Care Journey. I am your host, Sandra Flack. Um, Today, we are going to continue our series on the primary characteristics of fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, also known as FASD. But first, just want to check in with you How are you doing as we are wrapping up winter, hopefully? I know there's crazy weather all over the country, wherever you're listening from. I know up here, um, I'm still up in the Adirondack Mountains of upstate New York, and we have snow, but we haven't had as much snow as everybody would like. Um, But we're really wrapping up our time here. Um, We've been here for a few weeks, but it's time to get back to reality but it has been a blessed and peaceful time for all of us, especially my 17-year-old. He doesn't even want to go home. There's, there is really something to be said about living life at a slower pace, and he does so much better, is so much more regulated up here. Um, getting our schoolwork done here is a challenge still. I really only brought math and reading with us figuring we'll just round it out with life skills, which we've done a little bit of that, but we haven't gotten uh, nearly as much academics done as uh, I would have liked. But my husband did get a couple of projects done with him. Uh, They built this big, I say big, I don't know what the measurements even are, like three foot by four foot, something like that, wooden box um, for the firewood, for the fireplace. Um, and then they also built a birdhouse a couple of days ago out of wood. And much to my surprise, my son Slava really liked the woodworking. Um, typically he does not like any hands-on creative type work. He doesn't like to draw or paint. He doesn't like to write anything down. He never liked to color. He hated playing with Play-Doh. Um, he's always had some fine motor skill challenges and some sensory issues, which we're actually going to talk about sensory processing today. Um, But overall, it was a great surprise that he liked woodworking. And I'm hoping that that's something we can get him uh, a little bit more involved in. Um, Because I've been looking for and praying for just things that really interest him. So, um, That's my update on what's going on here. Before we get to our conversation about sensory processing, um, here are some important announcements. Natalie Vecchione of the FASD Hope Podcast and Sandra Flack of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey Podcast would like to invite you to join their Hope for the FASD Journey. 
a virtual support community for parents and caregivers raising individuals with an FASD, diagnosed or not. This faith-based community includes an online bi-monthly support group, a monthly VIP conversation, and a private Facebook group which includes a video devotional from Natalie and Sandra every Saturday. To register, visit justicefororphansny.org forward slash training forward slash F-A-S-D. And coming up on Wednesday, March 8th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, I am offering a three-hour deep dive into FASD um, using the FACETS Neurobehavioral Model. And I'm also offering a free lunch and learn introduction to FASD on Thursday, March 16th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, There is a registration fee for the three-hour deep dive Either way, you have to register for the whether it's the free lunch and learn or the deep dive because that's how you get the Zoom link. Um, so you need to register, and we do provide certificates of completion for all of our workshops. So to register um, for either one or to check out um, our upcoming trainings, I'm going to be offering the 18-hour uh, deep dive using the facets model. I'm going to be offering another one of those in June. We have one going on right now. Um, but always be checking out our website for a list of the upcoming trainings uh, and workshops. And you will find all of that at our website at justicefororphansny.org. Just click on events to get the list of current trainings that you could sign up for. And there's a link uh, to our website in the show notes for this episode so you can easily find that. Also, be sure to check out our bonus episodes with Dr. Jared Brown. Um, He specializes in trauma, FASD, autism, and uh, so much more. He knows all of the things about the brain things. Uh, This series of episodes with Dr. Brown focuses on topics that are really of particular interest to adoptive and foster parents. We dive deep into things like prenatal trauma, complex trauma, FASD, screen time, we talk about executive function or dysfunction as it would be, um, inappropriate sexual behaviors, memory problems, cognitive flexibility, sugary sweetened beverages and the impact sugar has on the brain and body and just so much more. Regular episodes of this podcast, like you're listening to right now, there's always a new one that drops on Mondays. The special series with Dr. Brown, we added those in and they drop on Fridays. You're not going to want to miss any of them. Um, There's actually 21 episodes in the series. We've completed recording all of them, so they're all out there for you to find, um, but they all land in the same place. If you just scroll through our library of episodes, you'll be able to find them because they'll say, that they're the bonus episodes, um, we, and we call them whatever what every foster and adoptive parent needs to know. Um, so make sure you check those out. They are among some of our most popular shows. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a single episode, um, and that way other adoptive foster and kinship caregivers can more easily find this podcast and listen and be encouraged and equipped also. Um, so Let's get down to today's topic. Um, We are going to be looking at, again, the primary characteristics of FASD. And this time, we're going to specifically talk about sensory processing. 
Now, as a reminder, of course, I cannot diagnose fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, but as a parent of two teens diagnosed with fetal alcohol syndrome, I do know how important it is for adoptive parents and foster and kinship caregivers to be FASD informed and equipped. Um, I've shared on this uh, podcast before, one in 20 School-aged children in the United States have been prenatally exposed to alcohol. More than 90% of them are either undiagnosed or misdiagnosed. And a majority of children landing in the child welfare system have been prenatally exposed. That means if you are raising someone else's child, if you are an adoptive parent, a foster parent, a kinship caregiver, most likely you will encounter FASD. So in this series, we've been working on, um, we've been looking at the primary characteristics or symptoms of FASD, because I find most parents and caregivers don't even realize that's what's really going on. They're just really struggling with all of these behaviors and don't realize, you know, that this could be the cause. This could be what's going on. So we've discussed, the symptoms that we've discussed so far are dismaturity, slow processing pace, impulsivity, memory problems, um, difficulty with abstract concepts like money and time, and the difficulty with predicting. Now, another characteristic of FASD is sensory processing issues, problems with uh, sensory motor integration. And that's what we're going to look at more closely today. The five senses include sight, hearing, touch, taste, and smell, and how the senses work is often affected by prenatal alcohol exposure. So now this can appear as, I'll give a list of the following things here. This can appear as high sensitivity to lights, sounds, and smells. They can be easily overstimulated, have a hard time settling down once they're overstimulated. Individuals can be oversensitive to touch or undersensitive to touch. They seem to lack understanding of personal space or boundaries. They may tire easily, but then become overactive or irritable and not be able to settle. And many have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep. And while people without sensory processing challenges can filter out or ignore sensory input, individuals with sensory challenges may not. So we're going to kind of break those that list down a little bit and kind of give examples of what that might look like in, you know, the day-to-day life or with with your child. Um, So we'll begin with sensitivity to lights, sounds, or smells. I recently heard a mom share that her son with FASD had a hard time in school in his classroom because his desk was right next to a projector that hummed and the teacher would use this projector to project the notes up on the screen or whatever. Um, and um, this this young man could not learn anything from the slides or anything that the teacher was teaching because the sound, that little humming from the projector, he just could not filter it out. He couldn't filter it out. His brain was focused on that sound and he couldn't even like begin to process the information that she was trying to teach. Uh, one of my sons 
is oversensitive to loud sounds. Um, for example, there are certain restaurants that we completely avoid because they're just too loud between the background music and the people talking. And certain restaurants have, I think it just depends on the acoustics in the room. Um, there, there's, a, there's a couple of restaurants in our area that we just completely avoid because the, you can't hear yourself think. You can barely hear your conversation at your own table because of all the sound in the room. And in places like that, my son is like, you know, a cat in a room full of rocking chairs. He just cannot get a grip in a place like that. So we just don't go to those restaurants. Uh, Another mom shared that she was getting calls from school about one of her kids getting into trouble for not paying attention, for being uh, distracted and disrupted, disruptive in the classroom. Um, And it, it seemed to happen every day at the same time during school. And when this mom investigated further, she discovered that her child's classroom was located not far from the cafeteria. And every day, I think it was around third period, she said, every day around the same time, the aroma of food would waft into her daughter's classroom from the cafeteria. The smell of the food was the trigger for her daughter. She could not learn while smelling the food. The smell of the food was a distraction. You know, so that's that that right there became the trigger. So, trigger. so th- keeping in mind sights and smells and sounds can really affect our kids. Our kids can also have a hard time settling down if they're exposed to too much stimuli. Um, One of mine needed activity to stay focused, like a certain amount of activity during the day would actually help his brain focus and regulate. And we could get like more schoolwork done after he had a little bit of, of physical activity. But jumping too long on the trampoline would, would, it drove him too far the other way. He got overstimulated if he jumped too long and then he couldn't settle down and focus on schoolwork. So the whole point of getting him to do some physical activity so he could focus after was like the whole point was out out the window. Um, So during the school day, when I wanted him to take certain breaks during the day to do some physical activity, which would regulate him, I had to set like trampoline time limits so he wouldn't get overstimulated and he could jump just long enough to kind of get his brain regulated enough so that we could then settle down and go back to work. Uh, When it comes to being over or under sensitive to touch, this is a big one. Um, Individuals who are stimulated, overstimulated to touch, let's say, these guys don't you know, they cannot stand the feel of the tag in the back of their shirt or the socks on their feet. They might not like certain textures of food. One of my teens does not like hot food, like hot as in temperature hot. In fact, he loves ramen noodles and will cook himself up a nice steaming hot bowl of ramen only to turn around and add like a dozen ice cubes to his soup to cool it down. I kind of like gross, but that's how he eats it. And that's how he likes it. Um, You know, but at the same time, um, there are, um, you know, kids who seek out, they need deep pressure touch. And, And this same boy who doesn't like loud noises or hot things, he seeks out deep pressure touch. 
Um, and he actually has a high pain tolerance, and that is also quite common. I think I've told this story on the podcast before about how when he was about six years old, um, we'd adopted him at age five. He was about six, and he comes out of his bedroom one morning, and it looked like he had a golf ball stuffed into his cheek. He had an infected tooth. And if you've ever had a toothache, you know how painful that is and how long you're experiencing pain before your whole cheek is puffed out like that. And he never, ever once complained that his tooth hurt. Same kid who I took to the pediatrician for his annual physical only to find out he had double ear infections that I also did not know he had because he never once complained of that pain. So these are all signs that there could be some sensory processing challenges with your kiddo. Another sign of uh, sensory processing challenges, lack of understanding of personal space or boundaries. These guys get too close. You know, and this made me think, it brought me way back because back then I kind of didn't, I didn't really know this stuff. I wasn't even an adoptive parent yet, but uh, years ago I used to teach Sunday school and I had a student around 10 years old who had autism. Um, And one morning while I was reading our lesson, we're all sitting around the little table and he was sitting right next to me. He reached out and just lightly touched my hair. I have long, really curly hair. And he just gently reached out inquisitively and just sort of like tapped my curls. (laughs) And, you know, just for a second, it didn't last very long. And I just sort of smiled up at him and I kept reading the Bible story because I knew, I didn't know that much about autism, but I knew it had something to do with you know, his, his impulse, his impulse really to reach out and touch that my curls and my hair and not really understanding personal space. Like that's not really something that you should do. Um, But, you know, I understood where it was coming from, you know, no harm was done, but you could see where that kind of behavior could get a child or a teenager into trouble in other settings. Now, another sensory processing issue would be um, our kids also get tired very easily, but then they become overreactive or irritable, like super cranky when they're tired, right? Um, And then they're not even able to settle down. They're overstimulated. Um, They can have a hard time even falling asleep or staying asleep. Um, Sleep is really a big issue for individuals with FASD. So parents, caregivers, what do we do if we're caring for a child who, you know, may have FASD, maybe diagnosed or not diagnosed, you're noticing these sensory processing challenges, what do we do? Well, my first thought would be stop fighting it. It's a brain thing. It is not your child being difficult. They're not going to suddenly get over it. You know, you can't say to the child who's, you know, the tag in the back of their shirt, like, just deal with it, get over it. You'll forget it's there, you know, kind of thing. They're not going to get over it. This is a brain thing. It's how their brain is wired, okay? We as parents and caregivers need to evaluate the environment. We need to see what's going on. Is it too noisy? Is it too bright? Is it too busy? Is there a tag in the back of the shirt? You know, like the the mom that I mentioned who discovered her child couldn't concentrate in the classroom 
uh, when the, the smell of the lunch was coming in from the cafeteria. The solution she came up with, you know, she, she kind of looked into it and realized it's the smell. It's the smell of the food coming in there, complete distraction. When she figured that out, she came up with a solution to provide some lavender essential oil. I don't remember if they put it on something or what it was she was able to sniff with the lavender, but that, you know, that kind of got her mind off the smell of the food and, and that worked for her. Now, I have to tell you, if it was one of my boys, it would not have worked. They would not have even been willing to sniff essential oil for anything. Um, like I think for one of my boys, if that was one of my boys having a hard time and they were smelling the food, they would have needed a snack in the classroom available to them that they could eat. And by eating the snack, it would sort of distract them from the smell of the food coming in from the cafeteria. And then they would hopefully hopefully be able to pay attention. You know, our kids are all different. So we have to find solutions that work with them. Uh, Once we discover the problem, we need to be curious and creative in finding those solutions to help our kids. Um, Paying attention to the lights, to the sounds, to the smells in their environment and removing um, or avoiding them whenever possible um, is, is, is very, very helpful. Also avoid allowing them to become overstimulated whenever possible. If you know going to an amusement park, or if you know going to a crowded restaurant or something like that is going to push them over the edge, don't go. Okay. Or make other arrangements for them so they don't have to go. When it comes to touch, if they are oversensitive, help them out by removing those irritants. If they don't like the tags in the back of their shirt, buy shirts that don't have tags. They make them nowadays or cut the tags out. If they don't like mushy mashed potatoes, don't make them eat them. Now, if they're like my kiddo who craves deep pressure touch, weighted blankets and vests are wonderful accommodations teach boundaries if if they uh, if if, our, if your kid struggles to understand personal space um, use a hula hoop to teach personal space you know you get into a hula hoop this is my space put them in a hula hoop that's your space come together like don't let our hula hoops cross we each have space and if we want to come into another person's space Teach them to ask permission. May I give you a hug? May I, you know, come closer? That kind of thing. It's something that we're going to have to teach, practice, and reteach maybe a thousand times, but it's definitely something that they're going to need to learn moving forward to help them keep to be safe, right? Now, if they tire easily, allow them to take a rest or a nap as needed. I have a 19-year-old with FAS who does go to work. He works a full-time job. But I can assure you, when he comes home at 4 o'clock in the afternoon from that full-time job, he needs a nap. He takes a nap because if he doesn't, he's a bear. He voluntarily just goes and lays down. And oftentimes on Saturday mornings, he sleeps in pretty late because he's worked a whole 40-hour week his brain and body are just exhausted. And while it might look like he's a lazy teenager because he doesn't get up until 11 o'clock or noon or whatever, 
we now know that his body requires that extra rest because he's he, he has been processing information and he has been navigating life with an FASD and he just his body needs that break. So allow that. Um, but you know what? Sleep is also a challenge. A lot of times with our kiddos, they have trouble sleeping. So if you have a kiddo that has a tr- has trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, um, try removing screen time of any kind, video games, cell phones, TV, any of that kind of stuff, anything with a screen, remove it for 30 to 60 minutes before bedtime. Avoid sugar and preservatives in the evening or really at all times, but you know, don't have a sugary snack before bedtime. Um, have them take a warm bath or a shower before bed. Use essential oil diffuser in their room if that helps them with that kind of thing with the lavender oil. Find what works for your child. I can rattle off a whole bunch of things and suggestions here. And you know what? Sometimes none of them are going to work for your individual child. That's why we need to stay curious. We know our kids best, but be paying attention to their environment. What what is it that is a trigger? Is it a sensory processing issue, right? It could be whatever stage or season they're in, but keep searching for ways to help your child. Thank you for listening to the Adoption and Foster Care Journey. I hope you feel encouraged and better equipped for your parenting journey today. Remember, for help along the way, be sure to check out our website for resources. We have the Hope for the FASD Journey Virtual Support Community and our Intro to FASD Lunch and Learns and our FASD Deep Dive Workshops where I teach online or in person using the FACETS Neurobehavioral Model. For details or to register or to schedule a workshop for your group, visit uh, my website at justicefororphansny.org. I'd also like to give a shout out to our business sponsors. Uh, locally here in upstate New York, we have Tri-Nuclear Corporation, Bishop Boundary Construction, National Bank of Coxsackie, Coleman Insurance Agency, and Cedar Shade Farm. These businesses care about children and families in crisis, and they help us do what we do. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to let us know by subscribing. And if you're listening on Apple, leave a review and let your fellow adoptive and fostering friends know so that they can listen to the show and be encouraged and equipped too. Be sure to find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Justice for Orphans. And you can follow me at Sandra Flack uh, on those platforms as well. I'm so grateful that you spent your valuable time with me today. I am thrilled to have you along for the journey. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey podcast, brought to you by Justice for Orphans. We hope you were encouraged today. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review and share it with your fellow foster and adoptive parent friends so they can be encouraged too. Be sure to find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Justice for Orphans. And check out our website for vital resources at justicefororphansny.org.